Hey, everybody, from the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source, it's the Great Reset. Yeah. David Waterman, Executive Director of the Midwest Public Health Coalition, along with Father Stephen McKenna, back in the studio. And our show, by the way, brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right. Oh, if you need uh, to get a hold of us, you want to call, you want to text, you want to do anything like that, our number is 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. Again, nah, not on YouTube or Facebook, but if you want to listen live, go to GFBS, uh, gfbestsource.com. There we go, gfbestsource.com. Uh, click listen now. It's live. If you want to chat, you can click the uh, Twitch link in the upper left corner. Uh, we're now on the Rumble, too. Uh, it's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Uh, before we get too much further into the show, let's do it. Uh, daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Uh, let's see here. The COVID-19 vaccines. They should be tested on politicians first. Now, if they survive, the vaccines are safe. If they don't, well, then I guess the country is safe, isn't it? <laughs> to say that one. Ah, we're going to start uh, with Good. going through the crap I always do here to get this show rolling. Uh, Bears numbers as of February 8th, uh, no change from last week. 19,224 deaths from the vaccine. Uh, President Biden, you know, he's ending the COVID public health emergency May 11th. Now, they are talking vaccine prices will probably likely quadruple uh once you, once they're not you know they're telling you, you don't have to get it they're probably going to quadruple now this uh comes from the lancet uh it says immunity acquired from a covid infection provides strong lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness it's according to research published thursday in the lancet protection experts say that's on par with what's provided through two doses of an mrna vaccine so they're saying you get COVID, that's like getting two doses of the mRNA vaccine. Now, infection, acquired immunity, cut the risk of hospitalizations and death from a COVID reinfection by 88% for at least 10 months. Now, that's something we have been saying since day one here on The Great Reset. Um, natural immunity, best way to go. And it, um, and it cut the, the risk of death yeah. From the jab, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating, by the way, as of yesterday, 42.7%. Um, let's see. Oh, I wanted to mention uh, East Grand Fork City Administrator David Murphy leaving for St. Joseph, Minnesota. He's still going to be here for a while. Just kind of hoping he'd go a little bit earlier. Um, also, uh, the Ohio train crash still spewing all kinds of bad things out there. And, uh, okay, that's about all I got. So I'm going to go first off to my left. Father Stephen McKenna, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm on the other side of the state of Ohio, so it's, it's all right. Oh, sure, sure. Um, what is it like over there now with this news? I mean, that's some nasty stuff. Well, to be honest with you, it really, I mean, until the, the whistleblowers came forward, 
it really wasn't in the news. We heard about a train crash. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's far away. It's uh, from where I am. I'm southwest Ohio, so it's all the way northeast Ohio, near the Pennsylvania border. But <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, they they nobody heard anything. It was just that there's a train crash, a train derailment in in uh, East Palestine, and then all of a sudden, uh, then you saw the maybe some pictures of a f- giant fireball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was after. It was only like two weeks later that you found out all the stuff that was yeah isn't really it funny how they on. tend to hide things like that yeah forever yeah exactly yeah yeah and the the big thing right now is jd vance is trying to is telling the epa director like if you think the water is safe for the people to drink here come and come and drink come and drink it yourself yeah, yeah. And he still has yet to uh to well, take a sip of it yet so. are, are they finding dead animals around because i've heard conflicting <clears throat> reports dead animals dead fish dead that, things. from what i understand in in that area there's they found it's not even questionable now they found tons of dead fish wow they've seen um because like small slow running creeks that are going through yep. there and stuff a lot of dead fish and then people in you know there was there's a lady that's on the news that had her entire chicken coop yeah yeah wiped I heard about out that. Yeah. and uh and people ha- uh, having bronchial problems and eyes watering and all sorts of stuff and it's because the byproduct of burning that uh, material that was in there was is hydrochloric acid yeah yeah well and, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they are saying that it, that it's traveling down the Ohio River, like pretty much as we speak, to be near Cincinnati. But that's such a big and fast-moving river. I don't suspect it's going to cause too much trouble oh, where man. we are. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's really bad. You know, I, I I still think trains should be for passengers, cars, and small grains and uh, farm stuff. The, uh, I don't think there's any room for. Uh, there shouldn't be oil. There shouldn't be. Fuel. There shouldn't be any of that stuff hauled on trains, but um, it's for another show. They were saying that the technology for breaking that type of train is from the Civil War. <laughs> Why that, doesn't that surprise me? Yeah, that, that and you that got guys been, running these big railroads. They got all the money in the world. They have more power than just about anybody in yeah. the world, and yet they're still using old technology. It was. It was one of those things that that actually Obama had um, mandated that they change to like a more modern i think it was like an electronic braking system Mm -hmm. and then trump undid it and then biden refused to put it back into place and so it was so it was uh you know because the because the train companies were complaining that it was going to cost them money but meanwhile they're making billions of dollars and and so therefore they're still using these old uh braking systems that yeah well they also now want to take away a conductor from trains, uh, the 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 train companies are saying, "Well, no, the engineer can handle it. We can just get somebody kind of following in a pickup." What the, good does that do? The the train workers are already complaining about the fact that they've cut something that's like thirty oh, percent of, yeah. of, of of employment there, and so they're working all this extra time, and and they're actually claiming that this is part of what's leading to accidents. Is that that uh, ever since they've cut back on the on the number of of uh, railway mm-hmm. workers for the trains, <clears throat> that that's not that's uh, that's contributing to to the problems. You know, I, I come from a railroad family. My wife comes from a railroad family. Uh, back in the day, the railroad used to be a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too many people in the railroad business now that will tell you it's a very very good job. Um, I did want to ask you one more thing, um, Father McKenna. Are you on the FBI list now? Because I heard you are. You guys are bad dudes. That's right. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> There was a document leaked from the FBI that says that uh, they are focusing 
uh, on what they what they are terming uh, radical traditional Catholics and their definition of radical traditional Catholics is this it's the rejection of the second vatican council as a valid church council disdain for most of the popes elected since vatican ii particularly francis and john paul ii frequent adherence to the anti-semitic anti-immigrant anti-lgbtq and white supremacist ideology and and it was uh so especially seen as that sort of what we talked about last time I was here yeah, was yeah. was these things and it was funny I looked at a guy that I said that read this to me and I was like I'm not white supremacist <laughs> <laughs> you know it, pretty soon are they going to be able to tell us what we're thinking and, and well they're already trying to tell us how we can think mm-hmm. but pretty soon they're going to know oh yeah and, and it's it's ridiculous they they it was brought out by some a former FBI agent who still has a lot of I guess ties to to the to the um, to the bureau and and now they're saying oh well we're looking into how this could have come about this isn't right but the reality of it is when you when I I, cause I read through the document that a lot of the stuff it talks about shows that they actually have been doing their homework for a while they, mm-hmm. it's not just like a superficial sure. oh we should look into these guys they're probably a little bit radical a little bit crazy but the actual you know kind of specific things that they talk about in what we would you know deal with as our controversial mm-hmm. as our controversies which lead to us acting as what they call traditional catholics is clear that they have done some some studying. They've been watching for a while. That you know they've done their homework. So you know, well, doesn't we were, surprise me though. It doesn't surprise me in the least, right? And and, and Father Stephen, we were wondering about you because uh, you hawked one of our coffee mugs here about a month or so ago, but uh, <laughs> you brought it back the next day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think you're a pretty honest, dude. <laughs> yeah, but did you check to see for like microchip or anything? I could have no, I don't. It in there, that'd be Paul's know? job. He's the coffee drinker on here. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also right uh, directly across from me, Executive Director of the Midwest Public Health Coalition, David Waterman in the studio, too. How are you today, Good David? Morning. I'm fine, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. Anxious to get back to uh, the work that we left off on last week. Oh, boy. Here we go. Conspiracy we go. theories. <laughs> no, no. No oh, theories. I okay. don't have time for theories. Oh, okay. No time for okay. theories. But we're, 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 we're going to look at some facts and some things that actually happened, and then you can decide, right? Okay. Who said that? We report you decide. Who said that? Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be somebody on the news. Harry right. Reasoner or somebody. I don't know. Right. So Somebody the, old. So do you remember what the last clip was that we watched? In fact, maybe we should, I don't know, maybe we should bring that up again. It was the, it was the, uh, the you know, the news. It's one thing to report the news after it happens. But the BBC has the ability to report the news before it happens. Yeah, well, that was and fairly interesting stuff That's there. what happened on 9-11. And so we talked about the, uh, the fact that if something's planned out, the people who planned it know what's going to happen before they do it because they're the ones who planned it. So if there's somebody that planned a big major disaster, they'll know what information to feed the news networks so that the news networks know what propaganda to feed the people so the the people will believe the official narrative mm-hmm. because it's been fed to them from the very beginning, right? But it seems like there was some kind of a glitch in that whole thing, and and somebody somebody uh, sent a the news item to the BBC before it happened, and they, as good little puppies, uh, 
they reported on it. And so we have that. Do we have, uh, Dale, that clip? I actually emailed it to you. It's the one that we, the, we've got two clips with Jane Stanley. One of them is the one with the, uh, one is the one with, with commentary and one is without commentary. So I, uh, it's the one that we played last, uh, last uh, week. Uh, and and I just I emailed it to you again, uh, just as a separate document, not from the not not the other ones that I did earlier today. Oh, um, <clears throat> but it's I don't think my emails are going through. I, I, uh, I got this one with uh, like six or seven links in there. Right? No, there's one that I just sent. It's just a, a single link. Oh, a single link. Yeah, just sent it like three minutes ago. No, to uh, to local at GFP's best source site. I know I'm on the FBI watch list now, but I was only in high school at 9-11, so I'm probably not responsible for that one. <laughs> well, while he's looking for it, uh, I'm going to read this quick. Um, the report, this report uh, describes how the fires that followed the impact of debris from the collapse of World Trade Center 1, that's the North Tower, led to the collapse of World Trade Center 7, an, ele- uh, an elevation evaluation of the building uh, evacuation and emergency response procedures. Now, what procedures and practices were used in the design, construction, operation, and maintenance of the building and areas in current building and fire codes, standards, and practices that warrant revision? Also in this report is a summary of how the, IN, or the NIST reached its conclusions. NIST complemented in-house expertise with private sector technical expertise, uh, accumulated copious documents, photographs, and videos of the disaster, conducted first-person interviews of building occupants and emergency responders, analyzed the evacuation and emergency response operations in and around World Trade Center 7, uh, performed computer simulations of the behavior of World Trade Center 7 on September 11, 2001, and combined the knowledge gained into probable collapse sequence. Now, their report concludes with a list of 13 recommendations for action in the areas of increased structural integrity, uh, enhanced fire endurance of structures, new methods for fire-resistant design of structures, enhanced active protection, uh, fire protection, improved emergency response, improved procedures and practices, and education and training. Uh, One of these is the uh, other 12 are reiterated from the investigation into the collapse of the towers. Uh, Each of the 13 is relevant to World Trade Center 7. Really didn't say anything. All they said no. is, this is what we need to change. It, yeah, well, not only that, but they uh, we've already been, right, we've been through this rodeo once before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. This, this whole dog and pony show is something that we should all be familiar with. The CDC, the NIH, <coughs> the, the WHO, the AMA, they all said that the vaccine is safe and effective, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They all told us to wear masks and social distance, didn't they? Yep. They all had the science and the proof behind it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. They just made statements that were in complete contradiction to known science, known experiments, and, and known studies that have been done. But it didn't matter because they had the, the title behind them, right? Sure. The WHO, yep. the NIH, the CDC, the AMA. So people, a group of people, believe them. This NIST study is so full of holes. In fact, there's a, a, a couple of people uh, with PhDs have written books analyzing the NIST study and all the fraudulent claims and statements that they make in it. And so that's something that a person can check out on their own. Um, so I'd like to just go ahead and, and play this clip. And if we could start, I think, around the 52nd mark, uh, Dale. I think, if, if, I think that's where it is. Go ahead. The latest building collapse in New York, you might have heard a few moments ago, was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing, and indeed it has. It seems that this was not a result of a new attack. 
it was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. As you can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We see these huge clouds of smoke and ash. And we know that behind that, there's an empty piece of what was a very familiar New York skyline, a symbol of the financial prosperity of this city, but uh, completely disappeared now. And New York is still unable to take on board what has happened to them today. So if you can pause Presumably for one quick there were second. Very few uh, I just want you to, and, and I'm going to let you play this clip all the way through because the ending is important. So the building that's behind her, that is World Trade Center 7, mm -hmm. also known as the Solomon Brothers building. Mm -hmm. and, and you can notice it's got that very distinctive shape and that dark, uh, that dark uh, stripe across mm -hmm. the top. Right, so that, it's important to just get that visual reference before we see the, the, the clip that follows this one. Okay, thanks, Dale. Go ahead and play. Salomon building, when it collapsed, I mean, th there were, I suppose, fears of possible further collapses around the area. That's what you would hope, because they don't really know where to turn. Uh, that's the very sad thing. I think there's going to be a lot of very, very traumatized people that, that has hit them very, very hard. Jane, I think many of us, when we heard the news, perhaps on the radio earlier today, were uh, completely flabbergasted by it and, and just couldn't un comprehend it. I mean, it, was, it almost sounded too far-fetched. Um, I was wondering what it's felt like for you being in Manhattan. Well, unfortunately, I think we've lost the line with uh, Jane Stanley in Manhattan. What a surprise. Five minutes later. Now, here we're going to show you a videotape of the collapse itself. Describe that. Now we go to videotape the collapse of the school. Amazing, incredible, pick your word. Too far fetched. For the third time today, it's reminiscent of those pictures we've all seen too much on television before when a building was deliberately destroyed, destroyed by well-placed dynamite to knock it down. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. Uh, when we first started talking about this a couple of great resets ago, I'm like, uh, yes. come on, man, we're not going to talk. This building number seven, though, very intriguing um, because I could see how those big collapses would affect the integrity, the structural integrity of things around them. But the way that thing dropped just like the World Trade Center buildings did, uh, the Twin Towers, makes you think a little bit. Um, and, and why were they focusing on this building? I mean, here's the news. Two of the, the two Twin Towers have now collapsed, but we're going to focus on this building because how come this one hasn't collapsed yet? What's you know, going on there? One thing about uh, uh, forensic science is that you don't start, you know, a lot of people say, well, who did it? Mm. But that's, that's the wrong question to right. ask. The first question that you ask in any investigation is what happened. Yep. That's the first thing mm -hmm. you ask. The second thing you ask is how did it happen? And once you've, under, once you've answered those two questions, mm -hmm. now you can start looking for who did it. Mm -hmm. But you first have to, any crime scene, uh, the detectives show up and they say, 
first thing they ask is, what, what, what happened mm-hmm. here? And they begin gathering evidence. Then you and go to the who, what's, when's, then, where's, then, then and why's. Then they go to, yeah, how it happened. Oh, it mm-hmm. looks like uh, someone entered the room here. Uh, the shot you can tell from the ballistics that uh, was fired from here. So and 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 it went oh through that curtain or through that stereo system into the wall and then the next shot went there. Like mm-hmm. so, the first thing that you analyze is is what happened, and then you analyze how those things happened, and then that can lead you ultimately to who who did it, right? But you have to start with that information. Well, it's also helpful to find out who did it when we have all the passports survived the plane crashes, which is just like very... That was very convenient. That was yeah. very, very yeah. helpful, so there's, so there's all kinds of evidence placed for us to easily find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at the yeah. stack of passports. Oh, this here's great. a passport they that fell out, of the, fell out of the plane that went as a the, as the, as the fireball yeah. through the building. And somehow this passport managed to just show up on the street. Here it is. So, so there's a lot of phony baloney stuff that happened, but, but let's just stick with Building 7 for a minute because... Uh, because it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to uh, conclude that that was the result. Look, this that would be the second miracle, mm-hmm. uh, the second first time ever that a building was damaged and suddenly the entire thing collapsed into its own footprint. Right. Yeah, creating in the process clouds of pyroclastic dust, which we only see. When explosives are used to right. destroy and pulverize cement and concrete to, to bring the buildings down, which is exactly what we saw with World Trade Center Tower 1, Tower 2, and Tower 7. Yeah. They all exhibited that, the exact same behaviors when they were demolished. And they were all, so they were all controlled de- demolitions, um, but th- so they didn't want us to believe part, that. Part of that, too, to understand is also that it'd be one thing if like half the building was caved in from. Oh, from right, bu- right, building yeah. that had fallen fallen right. into it, but it wasn't. And then they're all built to be to withstand extraordinary high winds and earthquakes. Yeah, and I mean everything like that. So there, the just the fact that the building fell next to it shouldn't. You know, <laughs> you know and, well, and what caught my attention there was that building looks similar to the um, uh, the federal building in uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, where they blew out half of you know you got that big chunk of building blown out, but the thing still stood. Well, why exactly. didn't it collapse? It right, should've. and and if I mean I don't know this either, but World Trade Center one and two went down in seven. Is there a three, four, five, and six? And why were not they affected? There are yeah. So there there's were. a million questions. Well, there was great damage done to some of the buildings. Like I think Building Three uh, uh, had tremendous damage uh, but as well standing actually less damage on seven than there was on building three wow but was, isn't the key what was in building seven yeah what was in building seven so there were and i you know i've spent hours just for this show trying to find the same video footage that i saw 20 years ago mm-hmm. of firefighters talking about they said we saw fires office fires in building seven it was nothing big. It was just some small office fires. I said, we've got to go in and put those out because that building's got fires. There was a piece of the plane that actually hit Building 7, hit the, on, the, on one of the corners, mm-hmm. and did some damage to it. How these random fires started in different offices, that's a whole other story. It's like, that's weird. You hit the building down on, on, on this side. How did fires start in, in floors up here? On the front side of the building, not where the damage was caused by the by the attack on the mm-hmm. on the towers, mm-hmm. but 
they, they don't, I don't think they give an explanation for that either, except that it's spontaneous combustion, maybe. Uh, they just, uh, a desk just decided to start on fire. Mm-hmm. The point is that these firefighters said, we've got to get into that building, put those fires out. But they were, they were blocked from going in. So let's go now to uh, the, 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 the owner. Pardon me? Oh, you know, if Alec Baldwin says a gun can fire on its own, well, then these buildings and <laughs> fires can start on their own, can't they? Well, it just went off. Okay, you know? okay. Yeah. And these uh, building, and sorry buildings, to get sidetracked. Sometimes there. buildings just collapse on their own. They yeah, just sure. decide to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, where I'm from, they say sometimes bad things happen to good people, and sometimes people just disappear. I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the Boston way. Yeah, so, make sure you're not on that wanted list. Yeah. So, so the fact that the building collapsed into its own footprint, that's one miracle mm-hmm. right there. And, and it was pulverized, right? The cement was pulverized. Yeah. Um, boy, they should make those buildings out of stronger cement, you know, that, not this chalky, weak stuff that just after a little bit of a, you know, just a little bang, it, it, it turns to powder. But 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 the other question is, John, how did Jane Stanley and how and the other commentator from the BBC know? How did they know right. that the building was going to collapse? And they yeah. said, and indeed it has collapsed. It's like they were doing play by play of something, you know, anticipating. But they said it five minutes before right, it collapsed. Right. Yeah. yeah. How how does anybody with all the buildings surrounding the first the the two towers and all the damage that had happened to to them? How does anybody determine what building's going to collapse next? Sure. How come they didn't say building three is going to go next? Yeah. Because yeah. building three was hit pretty hard when the it's other like towers collapsed. It's like they knew something we didn't. Why didn't uh, the, the pizza parlor down the street collapse? They, they, I mean, it's right. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, let's, so who had knowledge of what was going to happen? Uh, Larry, and they've tried, to, they've tried to come up with an explanation for this. Can you please go, uh, Dale, to the, to the clip that says uh, Larry Silverstein? Larry Silverstein was the um, he was the leaseholder for uh, the World Trade Center towers, and he um, he was in a lot of debt. Uh, it turns out that the World Trade Center was constructed; those steel beams had fireproofing materials sprayed on them. From and, the beginning, uh, yes, from the beginning, and it's a short clip. And the, the not almost the uh, this is the lead in. The fireproofing materials that they sprayed on those beams was, can I take a guess? Asbestos. Mm-hmm. Asbestos. Asbestos, we now know, is a, very, is, is a tremendous health hazard. Mm-hmm. Right? Very. And so New York had apparently uh, revised their regulations on building materials, and they decided that the asbestos that was sprayed on the beams to prevent any potential damage to the structure to the the columns in the event of a massive fire needed to be replaced because asbestos like is no longer safe what do you think the cost would be to to scrape off to to oh gosh to scrape off all of that seal the the, the area and scrape it off so that no asbestos gets into the heating ducts or anything like that right and asbestos removal is very very costly very very costly, costly. and then they'd have to redo them i don't know if they'd use nomax or what they would use um the only reason i know what that is is because uh racing fire suits in fact we've got a couple in the back room and that's what they're made out of they're, they're supposed to be fireproof but geez, right, yeah right. i couldn't even imagine so they've got this so now larry silverstein is is facing the possibility of having to 
remove all of that material and replace it. Plus, he's losing money on the buildings, apparently, already, from mm-hmm. what I've read 20 years ago. <clears throat> but then when Building 7 collapsed, Larry Silverstein was interviewed on television, and we're going to see part of that interview right now. And I want you to know that he, he makes a statement. When people are demolishing buildings, when they're, when they're doing a controlled demolition, uh, you know, every, every industry has its own nomenclature, right? We've mm-hmm. all got our own, our own slogans, our own sure. terms of, of what we're, how, how we do our job. And, and to pull... When they talk about when they're demolishing a building and they talk about pulling it and they say, let's pull it, that's the phrase that they use to bring the building down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's listen to that clip of Larry Silverstein and see what he says in response to Building 7 collapsing. World Trade Center 7 had always been considered the starting point for rebuilding. Located north of the slurry wall, Seven had been cleared faster than the rest of the site, and there had been no bodies to recover. Pelted by debris when the North Tower collapsed, Seven burned until late afternoon, allowing occupants to evacuate to safety. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were gonna be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is is pull it. Uh, And they made that decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse. And and they still did have the asbestos on there, so it shouldn't have burnt the building. Right. They made the decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse. Because they wouldn't be able to, it would probably take a month if they worked 12 hours a day, eight hours a day to get that thing wired with explosives to make it to pull it. So it almost looks like this thing was ready to go, ready to be pulled, if you will. All they needed was the go ahead. And that was probably just a phone call from Larry there, whatever his name was, and boom. And all of a sudden, I'm guessing his financial issues aren't that big of a deal anymore because I would imagine he had quite a bit of an insurance on those buildings. Uh, he actually sued because the insurance company said that they're not that uh, that they weren't going to cover the collapse of the towers because it was a, a terrorist act oh. or something. And he sued the insurance companies and said, "No, you've got to pay out on this." And they ended up doing it. He well, I would up, imagine he got yeah. the money. Yeah, sure, because well, I mean it wasn't his fault. You know, uh, it wasn't an act of God or an act of nature. It was yeah, okay. But the question is. How is it that the leaseholder talking to the fire chief says, you know, there's been such a terrible loss of life already. Maybe it's maybe we should just pull it. Wait a minute. That just to put it in context, that makes it sound like every single building is already pre-wired with explosives. Kinda just does. in case just in case you want to, you know, level it sure. someday in a hurry. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? And and they had witness accounts of people working welders and and people working in between the walls and everything of building seven doing work for like you said a, like a long time beforehand wow and 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 towers one and two as well uh they they did the and and the as we talked about last week 
um, the guy that was there securing the the banking information mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they had the hard yep. shutdown. Yep. He saw guys with massive spools of wire running wires up and down and up and down the elevator shafts, and they said they were, they were upgrading the internet system. But when he saw the buildings come down later, his um, his very first thought was. They were wiring explosives to take those buildings down. And I think he's right. I think that that's exactly what they did. So, so we, we, we've seen the building collapse. We've seen it several times. Um, can, can you, Dale, can you go to, oh, thank you. Can you go to uh, uh, a clip that says, uh, were there explosions in Building 7 before the demolition? All right. After this, we're going to have to go to a break. So let's check this out. You want to go to break first? Good. Okay, we'll go on break here first. How's that sound? All right, we'll do that. You know, there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's where Oprah Heaven's Cake comes in. Uh, best cupcakes and cakes. It doesn't matter if you've got a special occasion. Maybe you're just jonesing for a treat. Uh, they make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in to find out more while you're there. Uh, man, they got some great homemade lunch and soup, keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options. are all there. Uh, if you're a business owner, want to treat your employees, check out their monthly employee discounts. Over Heaven's Cakes, they're open. Uh, they're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to uh, 4 p.m. and Saturdays, 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE or you can go to Over Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com. Tell you what, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're looking for a cake job, Oh, for Heaven's Cakes is hiring. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes. Check them out. You'll love it. Great reset with David Waterman and uh, Father Stephen McKenna. All in the studio today as we are talking about Building 7 with the World Trade Center. And uh, I don't know if we've got the clip ready to go. We got it ready. So let me just set that up for a minute. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that one of the most compelling... You know, I started my whole, did I even say this? I started my whole research into 9-11 when my son, uh, my oldest son, was uh, going to church and telling people in his Sunday school class that 9-11 was an inside job. And this yeah. was 20 years ago. And I said, Jonathan, you got to stop saying that because it, it, it's, it's, it, it makes you sound like a nut. And it's not true. Uh, you know, they, these Planes flew in there. And so he said, no, 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 Pa, it is true. It is true. So I thought, I've got to prove to him by going to the internet, and I will find video clips of firefighters and police officers and people that were there on the day that it happened, and I'll show him that he's wrong. And as I watch clip after clip after clip, because 20 years ago, there was a ton of stuff available sure. on the internet. Yep. It's not there anymore. Uh, and as I watched these things, I became convinced that... <clears throat> Indeed, whoever attacked the Twin Towers, they had help from the inside. They had people on the inside working to set up the whole thing so that it went off the way that it was supposed to. The buildings were supposed to collapse from, from the very beginning. That was all part of the plan, which is why there were explosives placed. There's another clip that we don't have time to, 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 to do all of them, but uh, <clears throat> we've got there's footage of molten metal, molten steel pouring out of the side of the building several minutes before they collapse. Oh. Molten seal. You can't get molten seal from uh, heating, a, heating a beam with, uh, with kerosene, which is essentially what Jeff Gould We've talked about that. But this is the one that really got me. <clears throat> the police, the, uh, the firefighter, who was trying to get into Building 7, the Solomon Brothers building, 
and put out those small office fires. And he said he went to a guy that had a radio, <clears throat> and he said, how can we get it? Why, why, why are they blocking us from getting into Building 7? And the man said, uh, at one point he said, run for your lives! And they all started running away, and he heard, the guy pulled his radio away from his ear, and he heard coming through the radio, three, two, one, and then he heard this series of explosions as Building 7 came down. I would love to play that clip here of this firefighter explaining this. And he's, he's covered with soot and dust, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, when he's saying this. So this was on 9-11 that, he's, that he had this interview. Uh, but it's gone. However, there was some footage that was saved. And I want to just play this clip now. Uh, uh, Dale, go ahead. You'll hear from, from emergency workers on this clip. Matt Campbell's brother Jeff died on 9-11, one of 67 British citizens who happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, we can get there. Did you hear what he said? He said, Building 7's exploding. Mm-hmm. That was before it was demolished. Yeah. Building 7's exploding. We got to get, get back. Building 7's exploding. How do office fires and, and, and pieces of debris cause a building to explode? You heard the explosion. Yeah. That was a big explosion. That was a pre-demolition explosion, as they're obviously removing. Yeah, you could hear it plain as day. Plain as day. Mm-hmm. And so they're removing, I'm guessing, because I'm not a demolition expert, they're removing some of the substructure mm-hmm. in Building 7 so that when they fire off the other charges, it, it, it falls down completely. You notice that Building 7 uh, collapsed differently from the other two towers. Building 7 collapses from the bottom. Yeah. The, the, the top of the building sinks right yeah. down into the <coughs> bottom. Whereas the other, the, the, the other towers, they were destroyed from the top sure. down. So they continue to explode, explode, explode all the way down. And so we can see in another video, uh, we'll show that uh, on another day, puffs of explosions, explosions as the towers come down. But Building 7, uh, you see this crink, this crimp in the middle, uh, Dale showed a great video last week of a controlled demolition, and we see how the top of the building kind of crimps, and then the building starts to yep. sag in the middle, and then it falls down. That's exactly what happened with the Solomon Brothers building, Building 7. Exactly the same thing. But we're told to believe that there were bits and pieces of the plane and shrapnel that hit the backside of the building, and that caused the entire building to collapse into its own footprint. I just don't get if this is a, a conspiracy and this is what went on, uh, Trade Center's buildings one and two and seven. What was in it for the because do we think these were all terrorists that were in these buildings for how long doing all this work? Did they have the money to pay some Americans that are maybe not happy with our country? How did they logistically? Be able to blow up these three buildings like that. They had to have had help. They had to have had time. And all of that takes money. And we all know it takes lots of money. Right. But, John, you're assuming 
that everyone that did the damage to our country was a terrorist. Ex- well, the, uh, I should have rephrased that. I'm not assuming it. I'm just wondering how they got these people. Because did they? they <coughs> if I'm going to ask you, hey, David, you know, I'm not happy with Maul here. You know, you want to help me blow it up? And obviously, you're going to say, are you a whack job? Of course I'm not. <laughs> and then right. what do you just keep your mouth shut and don't tell anybody? Or do you go and say, hey, uh, Heather, uh, John over there was talking about blowing the mall up. I mean, I'm just wondering how they could do this and get away with it. So they'd obviously have to. So how does so that's a good question. How does any conspiracy actually get pulled off? Sure. Right. So what's a conspiracy? What's the definition of a conspiracy? The legal definition of a conspiracy is two or more individuals agreeing in advance to break the law. Okay. That's what it is. That's the legal definition of a conspiracy. So anytime to you and Dale say, hey, let's go knock off that uh, gas station. Mm -hmm. That's a conspiracy because it's two of you conspiring together. Go to the FBI website. I get get emails from the FBI all the time. You can sign up to get them. And every single day, people are charged with conspiracy Mm. across the country. Did you get emails about me? Yeah. Yes, I got uh, three emails on okay, you. Okay, that's good. He's and a bad <laughs> dude. That's, this, this show <laughs> should should take me right off of that list. Yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. This is gonna Pretty be soon great. he's going to be on the no fly list, and we'll be able to get him in here every week. <laughs> so watch. I'm glad that the, I'm glad that the, the Catholic Church is finally included in that that potential terrorist list because the Evangelical Church has been listed as terrorists for years. Right. Uh, potential terrorists, potential threats, and anybody that tr- that believes in the Constitution, for mm, that matter, sure. is a potential terrorist. Yep. Uh, anybody that believes in uh, waving the American flag is potential terrorists. You know, we saw that uh, with with after the Trump rallies. So, so the point is, um, uh, first of all, what happened? And we've got to conclude that no, I'm sorry, no building, no building in America is pre-made with explosives built in, unless it's a building that's made for Hollywood for some movie that they're going to. Where they're going to destroy the building on purpose. Hollywood's the only one that does that. If you were to make a building or a car or whatever with explosives built in, uh, you, that's a crime. Right. You can't do that. That's not what happened here. What happened here was we heard this guy actually admit what they did. They pulled it, mm-hmm. and the building was demolished intentionally with explosives. So, I mean, is that logical? I mean, can, can we can we all agree that Building 7 was a controlled demolition. Based on, based on what we can see and hear with our own eyes and ears. We heard the explosions. We heard firefighters saying Building 7 is exploding. They heard explosions before the collapse. Jane Stanley said, uh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, Building 7. You know, the, 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 uh, the news guy at the desk who was interviewing Jane Stanley, he said, yeah, Building 7 is going to collapse. It looks like it's going to collapse, and indeed it has collapsed. He, they, they aired that five minutes. Then he loses the feed. Let's think about this. Loses the feed with Jane Stanley. Suddenly he can't get that anymore. And then five minutes later, the building yeah. actually collapses. Okay. And we don't, and, and BBC doesn't, that would have been very embarrassing, wouldn't well, it? Sure. Yeah. What a coincidence what that they coincidence. lost the feed. They were just first. Just, just before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so let's just say, hey, you know what? If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Probably. I think, I think one of the good comparisons that is taking place right now, too, is that you're seeing post-earthquake in Turkey a lot of video of buildings actually collapsing mm. from damage done to them. And there, 
the when you as a comparison you see them they are falling forward out onto the streets yes and they are much shorter yes. than those buildings yeah. there which would have a um, greater proclivity to, oh. to to turn and the and it's oftentimes like part like oklahoma city where it's the facade falls off to and comes yep. out the yep. front or if it all falls at none of them are going straight down and um so it's the you know that is going to be uh, i mean th- that is to me like a good comparison we have something that is clearly a natural occurrence when you have mm-hmm. an earth a massive earthquake <clears throat> where no and, explosives are involved exactly you can't predict an earthquake right. and so mm-hmm. and then you have something that you know is potentially able to predict and you have you know something far greater in scale and it's straight down right into its own footprints that you know, very and, controlled, and, controlled you know reality. they are saying though i mean and i i know this because i was just there but um the buildings over there a lot of these buildings that are collapsing yeah. aren't to the caliber mm-hmm. of what we've got here and you also got to remember if you've got a building standing there and all of a sudden the earth moves and it takes away half of your footage or your footprint they're going to tip. They're going to fall. But, I mean, yeah. nonetheless, uh, a huge, just a tragic, I, tragic I, oh, yeah. thing going on over there. But um, I, I, I have a buddy of mine that's a, that's a structural engineer, mm-hmm. and uh, and he told me one time about this. He said, if those buildings fell by accident, then uh, physics suspended itself for the day. Oh, that, yeah. That's exactly sure. what I said last week. Right. It? right. Yeah. So, and, and physics doesn't – the laws of physics do not get suspended – uh, unless God does it. I mean, God does, he controls all the laws of everything in the universe, right? So if he decides well, didn't to come, take a time out. If he decides to, to change something, uh, he can do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, in fact, I'm, I'm 100% confident that God did not suspend the laws of physics in order to bring down those towers. No. He didn't do that. No. Right? You mean so, our politicians aren't God? <laughs> well, they, regardless of what they may think wow. of themselves. So, so, so we have three events in a single day. Three modern steel buildings collapsing into their mm-hmm. own footprint. That has never happened before, ever, ever, ever in history, unless explosive charges were placed in the buildings prior to the collapse. In which case, it's not a collapse; it's a demolition. It's a, right. it's a controlled demolition. And then, and and we might not know how you get, you know, people who to be quiet about, you know, placing the charges, or you know, obviously, it probably they didn't hire Ray Ray's explosive company right. or something yeah. like that. It was, you know, clearly, bombs are us. Yeah, <laughs> they clearly were, you know, using people in the know of what was happening for that. But it was also. The reality of it, you look afterwards, and what were what were the the effects of that? You, great profiteering by the same people or same class of people that are profiteering from sure. all yes. these other things like yeah. COVID nineteen and you know all that. Yeah. Great profiteering, invasion of countries that had nothing to do with it, and longstanding wars for for huge financial yeah. and, and power gains. Yeah, and exactly. And so, you needed you needed a justification, and so it was like, oh, you know, we, we'll do this thing. We'll wrap it up in a nice tidy package. We'll we'll have the passports. Here you go. Here's your list of you know all the brown people on the plane, and and that's uh, the those are your terrorists. So 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 I'm not even saying that there weren't terrorists involved. Uh, just like I'm not saying that Timothy McVeigh wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you can get bad actors to go along with your 
it's your plan sure. or you can use them. They become the, you know, yeah. that's where the word patsy comes from, right? Uh-huh. Yep. These guys are, the, they're the patsies. Uh, yeah, they really hate. So if you find out, well, anyway, uh, yeah, the you point faci- is. You, faci- you have people who have the desire to do that and you facilitate them in the process of doing it surreptitiously, right? So it's like, like you said, if you have people, if you have terrorists who are planning on trying to come up with some sort of attack and you can have some sort of intelligence agents be like, well, you know, it'd be a really good idea if you got a plane. Yeah, right. And, 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 and we infiltrate those those cells all the time, yeah. right? We infiltrate them. So we, we never question it when we look at it happening in other countries. Right, no. yeah. When, when right. we yeah, talk exactly. about us, the CIA, you know, infer, uh, uh, interfering in world politics and, and assassinating, you know, leaders of various countries and, and leading to overthrows of countries, when it happens to those guys, they're bad guys and we don't question it. But when it happens here, it's like, well, no, but we're the good guys. Like, this is how, like, it's a comic book. Like, well, there's, if there's bad guys, there right. must be good guys. Right. And we're obviously the good guys. Right. So the eyes, so the eyes, so Aldrich Ames, anybody know that name? He was a mole. He sold millions of dollars worth of uh, secrets from the CIA mm. uh, to the, to the Russians. Yeah. Um, um, there's a there's a really good movie called Breach about another uh, about an FBI agent who who sold did incalculable damage uh, to our national security because of the the secrets that he sold uh, to the Russians and and cost the lives of assets. We had, for example, we had turned um, uh, certain military officers in the Soviet Union to work for the United States to spy on their, to give us information about what kinds of military things they're doing and all that kind of stuff. That's called, that's called intelligence gathering, intelligence mm-hmm. assets, right? And, uh, and because of the, uh, because of the intelligence that was shared with them from uh, uh, an FBI agent in the United States, those assets were taken out and shot by their own government sure. because they were traitors to their yeah. government. Yeah. But they were very valuable to us, right? So this kind of thing happens all the time. It's not the stuff of spy novels. It's, it's reality, right? The spy novels actually are... Uh, they're kind of a mild version of what happens in real life. Yeah, you have Noriega, so, you have... Um the, what's uh, Gaddafi? You have, I mean, just. Well, I mean, I mean the, the, just setting up puppet governments. That that's a whole other thing yeah. that we've been doing for for decades. Uh, I mean, Saddam Hussein Saddam. was put into power yeah. by the U.S. government. The Taliban. Shah of Iran. The Taliban was, were put in. The Taliban. The Shah of Iran was put into power by the yeah. U.S. government. It reminds me of a song called "I'm a Libyan on a Jet Plane." So. <laughs> So, <laughs> Omar, I hate to go. Anyway, sorry. so the point, the point, the, the the point I think that was being made here is is that the idea that we could not infiltrate a terrorist cell or a group of terrorists or a group of guys that hate America and motivate them, provide funding for them, provide the methodology for them to attack our country as part of a bigger. Are you following this, John? As part of a bigger plan to do great damage 
and then we provide the infrastructure sure. to do that damage. You know, here's a here's it's a, much like we thought it was impossible for the, it would be an impossible idea of the American government spying on its own people, and that's no doubt <laughs> along. And it's like, oh, and they are spying uh, on their on their on their people. Or right. we thought everybody who believed in chemtrails was was an absolute nutter because it's like a like this crazy idea that you would think that they're spraying chemicals all over the place. And then oh, Freedom of Information Act, and oh, they actually were spraying yep. the skies. And have, they have and been doing it for years. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, sure. okay. It's, these so, things keep coming yeah. out, and it's we act surprised every time it does. Right, and, right. So, the, so, so what we have to be willing to do in order to not be flim-flammed by these people is to be willing to look at events, look at the evidence surrounding those events, and then do a critical analysis based on what we can know and see <laughs> rather than based on what we're told by the experts. So... <clears throat> You know, we talked about, I didn't go into it in great detail, but the fact that they found iron spheres, globules of molten iron, uh, uh, very, very small, throughout all the dust and the debris in New York City. Uh, they found thermate and thermite, in even nanothermite, which is used to cut through steel. Nanothermite it can only be produced in a, in a weapons-grade lab. I mean, you can't make it in your basement. You've got to have a big, big time, heavy duty military facility to produce nanothermite, and that is used to cut steel. And there have been uh, there, there's an engineer who actually did experimentations with steel beams using nanothermite because the NIST report says uh, thermite can't cut through steel. Thermite cannot cut through steel. Well, there's a we can show it next week uh, a video of a man who actually created and produced very simple little little uh, structures to hold. Thermite, not nanothermite, regular thermite. And he cut right through steel beams with it in a matter of seconds, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, consistent right. with what we saw. So getting back to who's involved, who's doing who was president uh, during 9-11? Bush. Yeah. There have been many things published about the Bush families. You know, Bush was a member of the Skull and Bones. Yeah. Uh, his family history is uh, less, than, uh, uh, less than a lily white. Right, he, they're, they're, the, the Bush family has done some pretty bad stuff in history, which we don't like to talk about, no. right? Because it makes us uncomfortable. But it just so happens that the that the company that um, that handled control, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, um, uh, security uh, for for the twin towers is a company called Securicom. That was the company that handles security. They're the ones to make sure that no one mm-hmm. breaks into the building and plants explosives all over it, right? Securicom. I, I want to ask you to take a, a wild guess at who the CEO of Securicom was at the time that 9-11 happened. Uh, Newt Gingrich. I don't know. No, uh, but, well, you're close. Uh, <laughs> yes. it, it, no, not close at all, actually. No, it was Marvin Bush. Oh, who just happens to be the brother of George W. Bush. Oh, I thought it was Beans' nephew or something. So, <laughs> so Marvin Bush, the president's brother, owns the company, runs the company, Securicom, that's in charge of security for the Twin Towers when the buildings went down through, uh, through explosive charges. Yeah. You know, the number of, if we were to write a book on the number of coincidences that took place on September 11th, uh, it could fill, uh, I mean, several volumes. Sure. Um, Okay, I want to ask you a question now, David. 
Who did it? Well, we haven't even, I, I can't answer that because we haven't even established exactly how, how the things happened that happened. Sure. Right? I mean, do we blame Osama bin Laden? Did he do it? Did he not? I mean, that's a really simple question, right? But this isn't Clue. We're not playing Clue. I know that. So, so we, have to, we have to really look at who the players are. Um, in, in response to that question, how is it that... Pre- you know, I know where I was when President Kennedy was shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I, was a, I, was, I was a toddler. I mean, yeah. I, this, this one thing that I remember. Uh, my parents had gone somewhere. They took me, we were living in California at the time. They took me to a babysitter's house. And all I remember was she was pretty. She was a teenager. And, uh, and they had a swimming pool. Well, it's California. Yeah. yeah every yeah. other person has a swimming pool. And I wanted to swim in the pool, but she wouldn't let me. And I remember that when my parents came to pick me up, they told her the president's been shot. I remember those words. I didn't know what it meant. They said the, uh, uh, President Kennedy's been shot and he's dead. And she burst into tears. Yeah. I remember that vividly. A lot of people did, yeah. That, the only reason that I remember is because I didn't really understand what happened, mm-hmm. but seeing my babysitter burst into tears had a very big impact on me. You, you, you won't hear me saying, yeah, you know, I was sitting at a, at a hot dog joint when I heard that the president was shot. You won't hear me saying I was riding my car when the president was shot. You won't hear me saying those things yep. because I know exactly where I was, and I say the same thing every time I tell the story. Sure. How is it that President Bush says in one interview at one point on camera that he was sitting in the classroom? Yeah, reading to kids. Yeah, Reading to kids and the Secret Service agent. We've got video of that coming up and telling him uh, planes flown into the World yep. Trade Center towers. And in another story, we hear the president say the first time he saw it was when he was watching on TV and he saw the first plane fly into the first tower. Wait a minute. There was no footage of that until the next day. Right, right. Number one, first of all, so that story contradicts reality because there was nobody aired the first plane mm. hitting the first tower on 9-11. That didn't happen until 9-12. Sure. When the Naudet brothers made their footage available that yep. they were shooting. And then they aired it. But it didn't happen. So, so Bush somehow saw that footage before he heard it from the Secret Service agent, or did he hear it from the Secret Service agent first? How, how, do you, how do you have two different accounts of the, same, of the same event? Oh, I heard it first from the Secret Service agent. Oh, I first knew about it when I was watching on a monitor out in the hallway, uh, and I saw the plane fly into the first tower, and I thought, wow, that guy must be a really bad pilot. Which is it? Yeah. Which well, is it? One of, one of the, the scariest things to... to to now go back and see, knowing, you know, the like this type of information, and then also realizing the what was grabbed after the fact. <clears throat> I think even the clip of of it is right on Wikipedia itself, is of the passing of and Bush signing and doing a, a presentation and about uh, signing in the Patriot Act afterwards. Yes, which is the <laughs> biggest one of the biggest power grabs of of individual rights mm-hmm. from America, and that and it's it's like if you ever wanted to see a psychopath, watch that watch that clip. I mean, it's it's all it. At, at the time, everybody was all you know super patriotic. Let's go get them. Everything like that. Now, like dust settles, you watch it back again. 
it, it literally will send chills up your spine. It's it's uh, it's terrifying and uh, to to see it and the way he goes about it in the, the cavalier manner and everything. Is- yeah, and 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 to ma- and maintaining the the tradition that that Washington has had for decades. They they signed into law uh, a piece of legislation that strips you of your constitutional rights. That's what it does. So what are we going to call it? We're going to call it the Anti-Constitution Act, right? <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's an Anti-Constitution yeah. Act. No, we've got to name it the opposite of what it is because we don't want people to know what it's really doing. So let's see, what's the opposite of anti-constitutional? Well, that'd be like patriotic or that'd be like, pro- yeah, hey, let's call it the Patriot Act. That'll fool them. And it did. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, just bring up really quick. So transitioning into more conspiracy theories, I'm going to play a video, but I'm going to do it after the show. So um, it's because it's about 10 minutes long. Okay. But so after you wrap up all your stuff, okay. um, before we just roll our final ending thing, I'm just going to play that 10-minute video for people to watch to see what our future topic is going to be. Okay. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Yeah. So, again, this doesn't go to the point of theory. At, at this point, there are over, I, I, I just read today, over 4,000, 4,000 architects and engineers calling for a complete reinvestigation, a reopening of 9-11. You know, one of the things, and I mentioned this before, but it bears repeating, um, once those buildings came down, if that was a terrorist attack, that was a crime scene. And it is illegal to disrupt a crime sure. scene until the full investigation is complete. Yep. Right? They can't, you can't do that. You right. can't walk into a crime scene and start hauling stuff away. But that's exactly what happened on 9-11. They hauled away all the evidence, all the evidence of the crime scene before it could be. They did the same thing with, uh, with uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. And, and then, mm-hmm. again, they again, first covered it up, and then they hauled it all away before there was a yeah. full and complete investigation. Again, if you, if you look at things objectively and you, and you distance yourself from the obvious connection that we have, I mean, because I think that's the thing why we've done, you started doing the, the Great, Great Reset, Reset show anyways is because yeah. it's not because, oh, let's like tear down the institutions. It's out of a love of the country that you it, live absolutely. in, right? And absolutely. so it's, and so, so we have to sometimes take ourselves back and, and like d- remove ourselves from the, from our own bias of the situation and look at like, could something like this happen? And a perfect example of like a, sort of like a, a similar type of action that happened to show that yes this is this has precedent is with Putin and the war against the Chechens. What did what did Vladimir Putin do? He had a, an apartment building loaded up with explosives and blown up with the residents inside the yeah. building yeah. and blamed it on Chechen rebels sure. so that he could have a justification mm-hmm. to go to war with these with the Chechens and seize and seize property. It's and then you know and it's only and after the fact that they come out and the, and individual people say, well, wait a second, some of this stuff is you know has markings from some of the debris has markings from the from the Russian military and and this is this type of explosive and then all but it just and then it just gets silenced and that's but the reality of it was he blew up a, a an apartment building of of like women and children yeah. and families yeah. in order to start a war with with Muslim. Muslim terrorists, mm-hmm. and that's a thank you. That's a perfect example of what a false flag operation sure, is. That's right. how false and flags work. And it's easy for us to look at that and say, you know, what a jerk that guy is, because it's not our country, it's not our president, right. it's not our leader. But 
it, do we think ourselves incapable of having the same type of leaders just because we have uh, we because we have American blood that pumps through our veins? Yeah, right. Exactly. The reason, by the way, that it's called false flag is because this whole strategy. I'm not saying that that's the first place that it happened, but the first place that was really recognized was in uh, maritime warfare when one you know ships are fighting on the open seas. And someone came up with this idea, hey, let's fly a different flag. Let's fly the flag of our adversary so they'll think we're one of the good guys. Then we'll be able to get in really close. Yeah. And then we can fire on them. And before they know what's happening, we'll win. So they fly a false flag so that they can get in close and attack. The, okay, so that's, that's exactly the same methodology that's used. And in the example that you gave, uh, they, Putin blamed it on right. who? The Chechens. Themselves? Yeah. No, the Chechens, right? Yep. So they can attack Chechnya. Sure. We blamed it on Osama bin Laden, but then we said, well, really, you know what? And he gets funding from, from Saddam Hussein. Mm. Oh, and Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Here's a really good movie if you want to watch something really interesting. It's called uh, uh, Fair Game, and it's the story of what happened to Valerie Plame, who was a CIA officer, and the way that she provided all... Her husband actually had all kinds of evidence that... That the the claims that they were making about Saddam Hussein having uh, the equipment that he needed to produce uh, radioactive uh, weapons, mm -hmm. uh, nuclear weapons, really wasn't true. They, he didn't have the the centrifuges that they needed. He had centrifuges, but they they weren't they weren't useful in producing uh, the radioactive material necessary to make a, a nuclear or an atomic bomb. Uh, they they in fact he didn't have the the so supposedly the the yellow cake uranium, which he supposedly purchased, Valerie Plame's husband went into the country where he supposedly purchased it, and there was no record of it at all. He said, well, maybe he, maybe he bought it off the books, in which case he'd have to, there's only one way to smuggle it out of there, and that's through this little mm -hmm. city. And he went to that city and asked the people, did you see big trucks? He said, big trucks rolling through that city would be like Christmas for them because yeah. nothing ever happens in this little small town. No, no, no. That nobody ever saw anything like that. In other words, there's zero evidence that Saddam Hussein had purchased or acquired yellow cake uranium necessary to make the weapons of mass destruction. But it didn't matter because, as one person said, ignorance plus fear equals hate. And Americans were fearful after 9-11. We were ignorant about what mm -hmm. really happened, mm -hmm. and that allowed us to say, let's go get them. Let's go after those guys. And yes, Saddam Hussein, so who got behind uh, Desert Storm? Most of America. Right. Because they were the bad guys. They, yep. they, they knocked down our Twin Towers. Yeah. Or How many people was signed up to go to do that? Yeah. 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 Pat yeah. Tillman comes to mind. Exactly, you know? exactly. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, how many people signed up specifically for the purpose that 9-11 took place to go and to, to fight the guys who were behind that and then and and if we think to ourselves you know that well you know how could people be so cruel in that way i mean listen dan did review that book political ponderology about you know psychopathy in yeah. p political circles it's it's a it's a perfect you know thing to to understand that these are the types of positions that people with with those type of social disorders actually strive after and achieve because of that purpose and, and, and they find their ways into uh, into massive corporations and they find their ways into yeah, government exactly and yeah. they're there to they're there today a lot of them and if it's and if it's all self-serving then it's then you know yeah they can be bought they can be 
you know, influence. They can be whatever. And, uh, and, and, and people are subject to bribery and people are subject to threats. Right? Those are two things that have worked for thousands of years. Right. Bribe someone to get them to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Threaten someone to get them to not do what you don't want. Right. I mean, that, that just works. Uh, here's an interesting thing, and, and we can maybe close the show with this because it looks like we're over time. But just something to think about. Uh, oh, by the way, those, those towers, each one of them, when you concrete and steel combined, was 500... 500,000, uh, excuse me, 500 million tons. Mm-hmm. 500 million tons of concrete and steel, uh, plus office furniture and computers sure. and all that kind of stuff. If it was a false flag operation, and it was, and that's not a theory, because, uh, okay, so this is a theory. This is the theory part where I say it's a false flag. Okay. It's not a theory that the buildings collapsed under their own footprint. Mm-hmm. It's not a theory that they maintained every single fingerprint of a controlled demolition. They, each, both, all three buildings collapsed exactly like a building collapsed on a controlled demolition. It's not a theory that we've never had a steel building collapse due to fire in America. And it's not a theory that, um, that one of the buildings was barely, I mean, it had some damage on one corner of one side. And, and yet it collapsed into its own footprint. It's not a theory that they found nanothermite and thermite in all the ash and rubble. Uh, in New York, it's not a theory that there were these seal balls. It's not a theory that they found um, bone fragments of the people from inside the building yep. on tops of buildings surrounding it, which can only happen in an explosion. None of those things are theories. It's not a theory that Marvin Bush was the uh, was in charge of okay. Securicom, yeah. right? Not, it's not a theory that somebody saw them running wires up and down no. the building. It's not a theory that... Okay, we don't have to repeat everything we've talked about the right. last three so, days so, here. So, so. so I just want to make a point that that none of these are conspiracy theories. Okay, yeah. These are all facts that we know. Sure, yeah. The theory is that was a false flag because we can't prove it. We don't have anybody who was part of it who said, yeah, I did it, I was involved, mm-hmm. and it was a false flag. But all the evidence certainly leads to that conclusion. One of the things that would be really important to do in an event like this is to create confusion among first responders and among the people that are kind of controlling, like, for example, uh, air traffic control, uh, the people in the towers who are monitoring these planes as they're flying around. How do you create confusion among air traffic controllers? When, uh, when uh, Susan Rice, Secretary of State, uh, what was it, wasn't that Susan Rice? Wasn't she the Secretary Condoleezza of State? Rice. Condoleezza Rice. Thank yep. you. Yep. Thank you. Condoleezza Rice. Um, sorry, Susan. Um, when she was asked, did you, why weren't we prepared for that? Her response on national television was, you know, we, it never occurred to us that terrorists might use commercial airliners to conduct a terrorist attack against our country. Okay, you follow me? Condoleezza Rice said it never occurred to us that they might use commercial airliners to attack our country. Mm -hmm. On 9-11, NORAD, and this is fact, this is again, this is not a theory, this is the truth. On 9-11, NORAD was conducting war games and drills, including one called Vigilant Guardian. And Vigilant Guardian simulated a response to multiple commercial airliners being hijacked by terrorists. Another coincidence. So if you're an air traffic controller 
and you're made aware that they're conducting this this drill, this simulation called Vigilant Guardian, and all of a sudden someone's telling you, yeah, uh, one plane just flew into the towers, your likely response is, what? what is this re- wait, is this real world or is this simulation? Wait, is this part of the simulation or is it? No, no, this is really happening. There was massive confusion among air traffic controllers on 9-11 well, sure. because of Vigilant Guardian. Right. <clears throat> the war game... <clears throat> excuse me, the simulation that Condoleezza Rice, the Secretary of State, said they never thought of, and yet they're running it on 9-11. They're running the very operation that she said we never even, that never even occurred to us to do that. Oh, then how is it you're running the operation on 9-11? It's kind of Event 201-like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we almost knew it was going to happen. So <clears throat> how about that? So there we go. So you, so so I'm, right. I'm just giving the facts. Yeah. Now uh, people need to make their own decisions. But that we haven't even scratched the surface. Eh, we've scratched it. I haven't even talked about. You know what insider trading is? Sure. We could do a whole show on that. The number of people who bought options leading up to nine eleven. And I'm guessing a lot of them were our politicians. Uh, um, options regarding two airlines, by the way. Yeah. American figure. and United. All right. Okay. Um, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, We'll get together here for a couple of minutes when we are done. Uh, again, thank you to uh, David Waterman, Executive Director of the Midwest Public Health Coalition, uh, and, of course, Father Stephen McKenna, uh, who is now on the FBI's most wanted list or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Look, looking at the document right here, it says, Interest of Radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists in radical traditional Catholic ideology almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. Yeah, you look like a fairly violent man, Father Stephen. Thank you guys for coming in. I can't wait till you come back. I want to give a shout out to Live Vantage for bringing you the great reset like they do every week. Now, if you take collagen, um, maybe you haven't heard about this. It's a one-of-a-kind collagen not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen by using natural products, and then it maintains it. If you want to find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Kronelka and LifeVantage for more information. Check out stephk.lifevantage.com, or you can text 701-230-9306 or email skbesthealth at gmail.com, or you can click on the link on gfbestsource.com, and it'll go directly to LifeVantage. All right? Biohack your life with LifeVantage. Well, let's see. Tomorrow, Grand Forks Mayor Brad Bochetsky joins us. Uh, maybe we can put a couple of things to rest, all right? Uh, should be a great talk with the mayor. Hey, thanks for watching, everybody. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Use that notification bell, all right? You'll never miss a show that way. It's a pretty cool thing. Hey, you know, we all know the Grand Cities is a great place. Well, Grand Forks' best source is giving them an identity again. And uh, we're going to leave you with this video. We will catch you all tomorrow. In a single month, a total of four high-flying balloon-like objects have been shot down by U.S. fighter jets. A handful of trains have derailed with one of the trains carrying hazardous materials derailing in East Palestine, Ohio, blanketing the sky with a cloud of thick black smoke. Then, a plume of orange-colored gas filled the air after a truck spilled hazardous chemicals in Arizona. And now, a five-acre industrial inferno is burning in Florida, sending fumes from melted plastic into the air, bringing us to a grand total of seven ecological disasters in less than two weeks. And sure, you can excuse a few coincidences here and there, but what is happening is incredibly intentional, overt, and dangerous. Do you see it too? 
Something strange is happening in America, and we need to talk about it. You know how I roll. Let's lay everything out on a timeline, present the facts, point out the coincidences, and decide for ourselves what's going on. Remember, around this time last year on this channel, we were documenting all the food processing plant fires and how food production was being targeted in a very real and intentional way. Then we discussed the threat of avian flu accounts that led farmers to cull entire factories of seemingly perfectly healthy flocks, which is why we're seeing high prices at the grocery store now for a dozen eggs. Anyway, I'm just giving you context for the disaster we're seeing unfold in recent weeks. And that's without me mentioning that they shut the entire world down for two weeks to slow the spread in 2020. And that stretched into months, killing small business and really messing up shipping and production for everyone. Especially with that handy dandy Suez Canal obstruction in 2021. Do you remember that? Since the end of January, four vessels, including what was reported as a Chinese spy balloon, have been seen in U.S. and Canadian airspace. February 1st marked the sighting of the viral balloon in Reed Point, Montana. That's the moon. It's a little fuzzy out here, and it's a, kind of a cruddy phone, but it's slightly overcast. Well, what the heck is that? If you remember, on February 3rd, this is when an explosion over the skies of Montana occurred, but it was memory hold and then never spoken of again. You wouldn't keep your gun on ice, would you? So why is it that millions of Americans are putting their gun on ice every single day? On February 4th, video shows the balloon being shot down over the Atlantic Ocean off of South Carolina. And the official narrative is that the Chinese foreign ministry protested the U.S. balloon downing. They said that China strongly protests the U.S. in deploying force to target civilian unmanned airships. The whole incident raised many questions like why didn't the military shoot it down as soon as it was spotted? It's incredibly demoralizing for U.S. citizens to, be, to see a perceived threat like a foreign spy balloon over their house and watch the government do absolutely nothing about it. The news seemed to strike up more talk of tension and war with China, even though China has all of our production contracts, so it wouldn't necessarily be a smart move on either side to enter into a war with each other since the United States doesn't produce or manufacture anything, really, and China would lose out financially on these contracts, but... I digress. I'm just telling you why, in my humble opinion, it's a psyop from every angle. The other angle is the UFO angle, which you can have UFOs without aliens, you know? UFOs are just unidentified flying objects, which many militaries have. But all this discussion of the US shooting down full fleets of alien UFOs has prompted renewed interest in NASA's Project Bluebeam or the theory that the government will use advanced technology to fake an alien invasion to control and manipulate the population. Through Project Bluebeam, the government would use holographic images projected into the sky, sounds, and special effects to simulate an alien invasion. Subliminal messages and hypnosis would also be deployed to control people's thoughts and emotions. This is where I land on another question. Have we been psyoped into believing absolutely everything is fake? That's what I took away from today. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. Lock your doors tonight. On February 10th, another object was shot down off of Dead Horse, Alaska. Again, no specific detail given besides that it was the size of a small car flying at an altitude that posed a threat to air traffic. 
Then on February 11th, something was shot down over the Yukon. On February 12th, another object was shot down over Michigan. While all of this UFO target practice was happening, on February 3rd, a freight train carrying extremely hazardous chemicals derailed along Norfolk Southern's railway in East Palestine, Ohio. Palestines worldwide just can't catch a break, can they? State officials asked emergency responders to burn the leak, releasing these toxic chemicals into the air. One of these chemicals, phosgene, was a weapon in the world wars. People within a one-mile radius were evacuated, but we all know by now that that wasn't enough. Visuals from the area make it look like a nuke went off. I mean, a train carrying what might have been the worst chemical cargo ever was derailed under suspicious circumstances. And then they blew up every single car carrying that substance, right in the middle of the best farmland in the country. Wow. Look at all that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run, and there are dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can you show, can you come here? And, and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're gonna see this on camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. Right now, as we speak, these chemicals are seeping into the Ohio River, which supplies 10% of the United States drinking water, affecting 30 million citizens. But don't worry, Bill Gates, who was almost as lucky as Larry Silverstein with his timing, became the largest shareholder of Ecolab, Ecolab, a water treatment, hygiene, and infection prevention company, the shares of which he purchased in 2022. So no doubt, Devil Bill will profit from this disaster, too. Even though government officials have insisted the water in the area is safe to drink, I really wouldn't if I were you. Videos have emerged showcasing quite the contrary, and pets, fish, birds, even outside the blast zone, are dying. A class action lawsuit has alleged that East Palestine residents may already be undergoing DNA mutations. Though if I had to guess, the DNA mutations are probably from the COVID shots, but inhaling all the toxic fumes sure doesn't help. The Norfolk Southern Company worth $55 billion, who is primarily owned by the Vanguard Group, J.P. Morgan, and BlackRock, has offered $25,000 in assistance. There are 5,000 residents in East Palestine, and I'm no mathematician here, but that comes out to a whopping $5 per resident affected. It should also be noted that rail unions were striking months ago because they were overworked and understaffed but Norfolk Southern did nothing to improve working conditions. Was all of this in East Palestine organic or just happenstance? The 2021 film White Noise was shot in East Palestine. The film is about a train that crashes and explodes with toxic fumes and the town has to be evacuated. What are the chances that the script was already written for us back in 2021? The media wants you to know that we have over a thousand train derailments per year, so pay no attention. And there has not been a single peep from Greta, not a single peep from Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, or those who claim to care so much about the environment. Since East Palestine, four other trains have derailed which were carrying hazardous chemicals, but the consequences, they weren't quite up there with East Palestine. On February 14th, after a hazardous truck spill of liquid nitric acid in Tucson, Arizona, authorities closed down the entire interstate and forced evacuation. 
Now, Florida residents are worried about breathing in the air after a five-acre plant nursery caught fire, sending up flames and toxins from the plastic plant containers, which occurred on February 16th. It's almost like we're seeing the demolition of the United States play out before us. We're watching our food and water supply be attacked, our infrastructure, our freedoms and liberties disappear one right after the other. There have been direct attacks on the family unit, our financial system, the military, everything. It's undeniable at this point. And the last month, even though, even through all these happenings, it's just an incredibly narrow view in the whole scheme. We've been under attack in every way for a while now, but what do we do about it? Short term, personally, I, I'd first not panic, but make sure you have the supplies and water you need to weather this storm. Because it certainly seems like it's ramping up, which makes sense when you think about it, because the criminals who inflicted the medical tyranny and widespread death, suffering, and deceit on all of us, well, they were never going to take the fall for it. They would rather burn everything down to the ground than be held liable. In doing so, serves the shadowy plot to completely destroy our constitutional republic and shift the balance in favor of a one-world government. Nations without borders. Just like they told us they were going to do with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and the Great Reset. What do you think, internet friends? You know, I always look forward to reading your comments. Apologies for my absence. I'm currently working on releasing my first book next month, so please subscribe to my newsletter so I can tell you when it comes out. You're going to want to read it. As always, thank you so much for watching, subscribing, and supporting my channel on Patreon. Bye.